We've all to follow China. They so much admire this orderly controlled system, which is still, by the way, communist apparently, even though they're the largest capitalists on the planet. But really, China is in the bag. It's owned by the big banks of the West that set it up and the same organizations that already owned and controlled the West own China. And everyone at the top in China is in the pockets of their masters, same masters as we've got. Now, <clears throat> the articles I read, I always put up the links on my site at the end of the show. So remember, you don't have to scribble them down, just look into the site, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, and you'll find them there. I'll be back with more on China after these messages. Microsoft, obviously. 
is specifically aimed at restricting online pornography, but it could also be used to strengthen barriers to politically sensitive websites. China's authorities currently block overseas-based sites they disapprove of, such as those relating to Tibetan independence or the Falun Gong spiritual movement with a mesh of filters and keyword restrictions widely known as a Great Firewall of China, of course. Control over domestic servers is applied through instructions to content providers and search engines which must self-censor to stay in business. It's all been done with the aid of the Western companies, as we all know. It's been in the papers before. The new software called Green, Green Dam Youth Escort. Green Dam Youth Export. Or Escort. Potentially adds a powerful new tool at the level of the individual computer. It updates a list of forbidden sites from an online database much as network security programs automatically download the latest defenses against new worms, trojans, and viruses. In other words, it's always updating as, as they add to the list. The, the software designed to work with Microsoft Windows operating system, but that took cooperation, didn't it? Also collects private user data. Well, you see, they're trying it out there first. But remember, too, I read an article about a month or two ago where Australia has already uh, drawn up their banned list sites, and they're finding people who attempt even to to, to go into those sites to read them. There's optional programs that allow parents to restrict Internet access by their children have existed for some time, but this is the first time the government has instructed that every computer be installed with a single centralized system. China's Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, the Ministry for Everything, but they copied all that from Britain, you know. Britain has a, a Ministry of Information. It's had it since World War II and probably before. Issued a notice to personal computer makers on 19th of May that every machine sold from 1st of July must be preloaded with the software. Last year, 40 MPCs, million PCs were sold in China, the world's second biggest market after the U.S. According to Wall Street Journal, the notice says the move aims to construct a green, healthy, and harmonious Internet environment and prevent harmful information, harmful information on the Internet from influencing and poisoning young people. The only poisoning to be done is by officially approved propaganda. And that was my bit at the end, of course. Now, a while ago, well, years ago, actually, I mentioned certain words on one show and phrases that would be coming into use because I thought them odd when they first appeared in North America and then in Europe. And I said, you know, these are straight from the Soviet Union. And it was during Papa Bush's term, a lot of terms came out. In fact, he used the term commutarianism for the new way. Commutarianism, of course, is communism. And commutarianism was also a term used by H.G. Wells in the Fabian Society, who helped outline this new utopia of totalitarian control that we're going to bring in. Under Bush Sr., he also used other terms, and one was anti-government. It started to come out in the paper, anti-government, anti-government. And I thought that's an odd term for democracies to use because you always have at least two parties, and the other party lambasts the majority party that's in power, and their job is to do that, criticize their policies. But they never call them anti-government. That's what they do. They, they criticize policies. 
And so they were blurring the line, the distinction, especially for the people, you see, who would condemn the same policies as being anti-government. And at the same time, of course, we had the Waco thing come out uh, when Clinton was in, the the big, uh, these are real shows, you know, these are real real big legal shows for the public, that that, uh, the idea of Christianity in the U.S. having any elevated position was now being burned to the ground with people in it. Uh, on public television broadcast uh, nationwide and worldwide. That was a big statement. And they had all that anti-Christian stuff and so on. And that was at the same time that Margaret Thatcher gave her speeches on the New World Order. Those were the titles of her speeches. And she said the next war would be on religious fundamentalism. And she was also referring to not only uh, Muslims, and fundamentalism in the Middle East, but she did refer to that. But she also meant religious fundamentalism in the Western world as well, and she meant Christianity. Because, you see, this is a time where the old oppositions to the New World Order were to be obliterated. And we already have the emotive terms coming in here and there with abortion, for instance. Now, abortion is designed to get people going against or for and so on people always take sides and you're given the sides and the debate and you'll get heated up over the debate depending on what side you choose it doesn't matter because there's always a bigger plan and of course the whole plan was dehumanization as I've read before and taking from the altar of superiority that of human life to get it down as, as Julian Huxley the first CEO of UNESCO said they'd have to literally deflate humanity down from its pedestal until we, we, we accept of ourselves as simply being another base life, life form. That's the real motive behind abortions and so on. And now they're going for euthanasia at the other end of the scale. I said that would happen too. And remember too, when 9-11 happened, uh, and even when the, the previous bombing went off at the, at the, the Oklahoma building, uh, the first thing on the news was these guys running through the forest with, with oddball, mismatched uh, camel gear before the story came on. Every station in the world showed the same scenes, trying to blame these wacko patriot types for blowing up the Oklahoma City uh, building. And this was all for a future scenario to set the precedent for what was to come. Here's an article here, and listen to the way Never mind the content or the fact this guy was, was crazy. And it says he was a paranoid schizophrenic who was not getting treatment. Now, you get them through all strata of life, including secular humanism, believe me. But listen to the wording from Mail Online. This is straight out of Orwell. It's June the 8th, 2009. Suspect arrested over murder of U.S. abortion doctor was anti-government activist caught with a bomb 13 years ago. So... The whole pre- the precedent for, for condemnation is all there. You don't have anything to think about. You're given what to think. The pro-life activist, so here he is, he's a pro-life activist, suspected of gunning down, suspected of gunning down an American doctor known for performing late-term abortions, compared his alleged victim to Nazi death camp monster Joseph Mengele. It was claimed tonight. Listen, see by whom. 
Scott Roder, 51, was expected to be charged early tomorrow with the murder of Dr. George Tiller, who was shot dead in the foyer of his church on Sunday. Roder was described today as harboring a burning eye-for-an-eye hatred for abortion doctors who'd been arrested years earlier, armed with the materials to make a bomb. He was described as that, says. He was described as that. Remember that, too. And someone using the name Scott Roder posted comments about Tiller on an anti-abortion website, including one that described him as, as the concentration camp Mengele of her day, a reference to the German doctor who performed the ghastly medical experiments on Jews at Auschwitz. And I'll come, I'll come back with more to dissect the terminology used here after the following break. through the matrix, giving you a lesson really in how terminology condemns people. But it's not really intended just to condemn this one man. It's meant to cow and condemn a whole lot of people who have nothing to do with it. Nothing whatsoever. It's also meant to condition people who are outside of any particular faith to look upon those within the faith with rather suspect motives and intentions. Nothing out there, nothing out there doesn't go through psychological censorship, you might say, or promotion, one or the other, before it it arrives in the papers. And it says here, someone using the name Scott Roder posted comments about Tiller on an anti-abortion website. Do you know how many people will put up fake names? or someone else's name on websites. Anyway, uh, and then they say that uh, the guy said that this particular abortion doctor was a Mengele of our day. A reference to the German doctor who performed ghastly medical experiments on Jews at Auschwitz. Uh, he's an interesting parallel to this because years ago in Canada and Toronto, uh, there was a, a doctor, Henry Morgenthaler, who was always being picketed by people who wanted to stop illegal abortions. And they were illegal at the time. And uh, you would find uh, the cops there arresting him once in a while. He got great publicity out of it. I knew something was up. And then one day I passed, and the cops were actually uh, pushing back the picketers because... It was decided that no law had been changed, remember. The law was still in effect that they couldn't uh, do these street abortions without uh, approval, etc. And it was illegal at that time. And suddenly the cops were protecting this guy and letting him do abortions, even though it was still illegal, because someone in Parliament was going to bring it up eventually to try and change the law. And that told you all you needed to know, that, that this was a must-be. This guy was going to get his way. But Henry Morgenthaler eventually were on television, and here's the reasons that he gave for doing these abortions. He said Adolf Hitler was an unwanted child, and these unwanted children are very, very dangerous to society, and therefore he was performing a service by terminating them before they grew up into Adolf Hitlers. 
that was his excuse. And he was praised and given honours. I think he got the OBE for Canada, the Order of the Canadian or British Empire or something, and many other awards. And then he was given massive grants by the government to go across the world and open up abortion clinics, mainly across the third world countries, where they get funding from Bill Gates and all these kind of people. So there's the other side of it too, you see. But here's the, who they're really targeting, because now you're supposed to be all for pro-abortion, because it's, n- it's nothing to do with the woman's right. It's to get the society used to the fact that government is going to eventually come in to decide who lives and dies. Believe you me, that's the motive. To continue with the story, it says, although police refused to give a motive for the killing last night, this is after they've said all this about this guy, although police refused to give a motive for the killing last night, Tiller is believed to have been targeted because he was only one of three U.S. doctors carrying out abortions on women who are more than 21 weeks pregnant. This is how he made his living. Chilling details emerged last night about the suspect who is said to have suffered from bouts of mental illness. Rhoda's mental health and anti-government activities were also factors in a custody battle in Pennsylvania, the Kansas City Star reported. Rhoda sued in 2003 for the right to visit a girl he said was his daughter, the child was born in 2002. But the child's mother fought Rhoda's request, saying he would not be a good influence because his association with anti-government organizations is ongoing. How many times have they said anti-government here? A 2005 court ruling also said Rhoda had been diagnosed with schizophrenia and did not take medication, which may pose a clear and present danger to the minor child, according to the star. He belonged to anti-government militia groups, had been convicted of carrying explosives in his car, and allegedly befriended a would-be killer who shot Tiller in both arms in a failed assassination attempt 16 years ago. The factory worker also said, was also said to have been outraged when Tiller was acquitted on abortion-related charges at a trial in March. Tiller, 67, was serving as an usher during morning services on Sunday when he was shot at the Reformation Lutheran Church in Wichita, Kansas. Police said the gunman acted alone, but U.S. marshals have been sent to protect abortion clinics across the U.S. amid fears of copycat attacks. I guess from just fanatical Christians, right? Some anti-abortion groups moved quickly to distance themselves from the murder, but pro-life hardliners praised Roder. And on it goes, and on it goes. And the fact is, you see, any, any real Christian out there, or any religious person out there, knows that you must always let everyone do what they personally will do. Because after all, any sin is on their head, isn't it? Otherwise, you'd be like governments. You'd be totalitarian, making everyone do what you want them to do. Think about it. And they know this too, but this is a good propaganda piece. And it's because it's a motive. People take sides and spin off into, away from the real point and, and get into the emotional debate. That's how things really work. That's how these pieces are presented. Panels of teams work out the stuff before you is put in paper. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
were cutting through the matrix. That last article reminded me of one I read not so long ago. When the head, the guy at the executive branch of the secretive European Union Parliament said that anyone who criticized the Parliament was guilty of sacrilege. Now it's simply anti-government in the West, but that will come what will be sacrilegious as the, the hidden religion that's been here for a long, long time. It's always been around you with its emblems and symbols, merges and comes to the fore. This article falls right in with what I'm saying, and this is from another mainstream article. It's Henry Porter's blog from theguardian.co.uk. This is Fighting 1984. Sixty years ago today, George Orwell's 1984 was published. And this evening, as though to mark the anniversary of Orwell's last book, the former head of GCHQ, that's the big amalgamated British security forces, the first head, by the way, if you read Perry's book, was Victor Rothschild. It says here, Sir David Pepper slips from the shadows to tell the BBC's Who's Watching You program that it has become necessary for the government to record all data from phone and internet traffic in the fight against terror. My, my, it sounds just like China, doesn't it? That must be a coincidence. Pepper, who was incidentally born as as Orwell struggled over his manuscript in the winter of 1948, the year the author reversed for his title. Actually, it was his publisher reversed it. He wanted to call it the last man, last thinking, sentient man, really makes a case for the total surveillance of society in order to catch the increasingly sophisticated targets. That's all of you. You didn't know you were sophisticated, did you? There are plenty of people who will do all they can to make themselves difficult to find, he says. The thing you were about most is the attack you haven't seen coming. The unknown enemy is cast very much like the ill-defined threat presented to Oceania in 1984 as a pervasive, cunning an unseen foe that requires total watchfulness and it follows the sacrifice of the essential right of privacy. Remember all the little interviews on the street that did right after 9-11? Are you willing to give up your your, your freedom and privacy for security? Mind you, they didn't do a a democratic poll on it, like a vote. Never do. Pepper explains the challenges that face his former colleagues at GCHQ with a diagram, the love chart, you see, that shows how information is carried in discrete packets across the Internet, a development which he implies must be met by granting the agency total access to all our communications. You can see GCHQ's problem, but we should not take the word of a securicrat with a narrow view of how free society works to be the only voice in this debate. For like his successor, Ian Loban, Pepper's solution to the problem of tracking terrorist communications is mass surveillance, which, if allowed, would give the government enormous powers and would very likely become subject to the law of function creep, function creep, as all these measures are. They introduce it, as you know, and expand it and expand it and expand it. Last week, he says, I reported on how the police national DNA database set up to solve crime was now being used in Camden as a crime prevention measure as they simply drag in young youths and take their blood and DNA with no crime involved 
just in case they create a crime in the future. A Home Office memo leaked during the period when the former Home Secretary Jackie Smith was swooning over GCHQ's megalomaniac plans held them to be impractical, disproportionate, politically unattractive, and possibly unlawful. Well, that shouldn't stop them, should it? The plans have since been modified so that data collection would be outsourced to Internet service providers, exactly as they're doing in China right now. But that's just a coincidence, isn't it? Who are, by the way, none too happy about it. Well, they're not happy at all. But the key measures of mass surveillance remains, and so does the truth of that characterization by an anonymous official. A brief moment considering the morals and competence of so many of her leaders must be enough to persuade us that to give such power away would be extreme folly. But that does not stop people like Pepper lobbying for that power in prime time with all his dry technocratic plausibility. Those who think of 1984 as a prediction are an error. It is, as the late Ben Pimlot pointed out, an account of the forces that endanger liberty, most of which can be summed up in a single word, lies. Lies. L-I-E-S. Orwell writes, Pimlot offers a political choice between the protections of truth and the slide into expedient falsehood for the benefit of rulers and the exploitation of the rules. Thus the novel is above all subversive, a a protest against the tricks played by government. It's a volley against authoritarian in every personality, a polemic against every orthodoxy, and an anarchistic blast against every unquestioning conformist. A good thought to remember on the anniversary of Orwell's greatest and grimmest book as we watch Pepper arguing for all that Orwell feared and all that we should resist. Very well said. Very well said. And he's quite right. He's quite right. No is a word we've got to learn very fast. No. Many will suffer for saying no. But we'll all suffer if no one says it. No, we'll all suffer. From VoltaireNet.org, 8th of June 2009, G20 police used undercover men to incite crowds, talking into violence, by Jamie Doward and Mark Townsend. A member of Parliament demands inquiry into Met tactics at demo. An MP who was involved in last month's G20 protest in London is to call for an investigation into whether the police used agent provocateurs to incite the crowds. Liberal Democrat Tom Brake said he saw what he believed to be two plainclothes officers go through a police cordon after presenting their ID cards. Brake, along with uh, hundreds of others who corralled behind the police lines near Bank Tube Station in the City of London on the day of the protest, said he was informed by people in the crowd that met the men had been seen to throw bottles at the police and encouraged others to do the same shortly before they passed through the cordon. So they saw these cops present their credentials after after they were throwing bottles at cops. And they were getting through. I'll put these links up, remember, on my site at the end of the show. Now, here's an interesting article, too. It's from the Mail Online. This is happening across the world, by the way. Across all Western worlds. All countries. Police launch mass DNA screening to catch rapist killer after women's bodies found in park. 
detectives hunting a killer and a suspected serial rapist began a mass voluntary, mass voluntary DNA sweep today. Investors believe who were raped and murdered Michelle Samarira, 35, in a park in Walthamstow, East London, lives nearby. They began house-to-house inquiries and are asking anyone who matches the suspect's description to provide a sample of DNA. They did this in Toronto three years ago or four years ago when a paedophile had murdered, I don't know if it was a little boy or a little girl, and they found her body eventually, I think it was in the beach area somewhere in Toronto. And they did the same thing door-to-door-to-door, to door to door, asking every man in the area for their DNA type. Now, obviously, they, they, they had the DNA from the, from the, the body, they had the DNA of suspects. And after it was all done and they did all this farce, you see, and collected DNA and trained the public. This is the new thing, the incoming thing, you see. That's a training exercise and collecting of DNA. But they already knew who it was all the time. They always know where these guys are and who they are. Because they put them in those areas and they watch them. And they have their DNA already because they've been in prison already. At the same time that happened, <coughs> by the way, a little blurb on television in Canada, CBC, showed this brand new, uh, totally robotic, uh, mechanized laboratory that had been built in Montreal. Uh, and it could do, uh, you saw these maybe 50 arms coming down, grabbing little test tubes and moving them to the next places on this conveyor belt, enough to do Canada probably in the whole of the U.S. And they said it was for the, the hardened criminal only. And I said right off the bat, that is for everyone in the near future. And I'm right. So here they are doing the same thing over in Britain as they did in Canada and getting everyone used to it under the threat that you're guilty if you don't give your blood to these guys, which they keep on record forever, by the way. And they've already admitted, well, it will prevent crimes in the future, even if you haven't ever committed any crimes now. You'll be more scared to try it in the future, any kind of crime. This is the new world order, and it is Orwellian. This article here is from Delaware Online, mainstream. Virtually everywhere you go, they're watching you. Cameras are creeping up all over to cat crime. That's the excuse they give, but the electronic eyes may be prying into private life. By Mike Chambers, June the 7th, 2009, News Journal. And it's just how you've been recently down to downtown Wilmington. A traffic camera set an image of your car to the internet as you cross the Northeast Boulevard and East 12th Street. A worker at Downtown Visions watching a video monitor as you parked at 11th and Walnut Streets. Security guards at one of the biggest corporations using their own network of cameras mounted outside their building watch you watch up to Rodney Square. So did the Downtown Visions worker. Don't for cash at the ATM machine. You put in a few more video screens to catch you up as well. Once a magazine, two dozen cameras hang from the ceiling of the drugstore. Remember the movie Enemy of the State done years ago? They showed you how they're all connected with each other back then. You never tell the children what you're really doing, except in the movies. And they have to train you to accept them when they really happen, which people do. But this article here is just simply showing you and training you that you're just getting watched. Now, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Hmm? And I'm rushing through these articles because they're very important, these ones. Tonight. Here's an article from The Telegraph. Listen to this. Pupils to be taught how to think 
in GCSE style course. I guess that's what you, you get in your secondary schooling. Although I say it's the general certificate for social engineering, GCSE. It says teenagers will be awarded the equivalent of a GCSE in thinking under new plans by Graham Patton, education editor, 8th of June 2009. They'll be taught the difference. Listen to this. They'll be taught the difference between an argument and a rant and how to separate fact from opinion. It was disclosed. Now, listen to this. Topics covered in the new course drawn up by one of Britain's biggest examination boards will include... Now, here they go. Listen to how they lead into this. Debate over the existence of UFOs. So they'll have a good laugh at that one and so on. As they, as they you know, unwind. A belief in the afterlife. Right? Then listen to this. And arguments for and against euthanasia. Okay? Did you spot the odd man out here? Did you get it? UFOs, a belief in the afterlife, and arguments for and against euthanasia. That's pretty well all they're saying about it. That they're being given more conditioning with the opinions at the end given to them, which they'll all agree on because everything is groupthink today. What do you think is coming down the road shortly? I'll say that last word again, euthanasia. The devaluation of human life starts at one end, and once it's, it's normal, you start on the other. I've read so many articles about this. So many articles. Here's one here from the Associated Content, AC, Associated Content. These links will be up on my site. It's a little blurb which is minuscule according to some of the studies that have been done in the past and I've read them on the air. Your brain waves change when you watch TV from low alpha waves and it can lead to mind fog. It's way beyond mind fog. May the 17th, 2007 by Chris M. Carmichael. If you experience mind fog after watching television, you're not alone. Studies have shown that watching television induces low alpha waves in the human brain. Alpha waves are brain waves between 8 to 12 hertzes and are commonly associated with relaxed meditative states as well as brain states associated with suggestibility. Hypnosis. Now listen again how they word this. While alpha waves achieved through meditation are beneficial, really, have you met many of these folk who do the meditations? Peace, man. They promote relaxation and insight. Too much time spent in a low alpha wave state caused by TV can cause unfocused daydreaming and inability to concentrate. Researchers have said that watching television is similar to staring at a blank wall for several hours. He says, I enjoy watching television on occasion, and this article is not meant to suggest that people should never watch TV. Well, I would. However, it's only fair that people understand what happens to the brain each time it is exposed to television. In an experiment in 1969, Herbert Krugman monitored people through many trials and found that in less than one minute of television viewing, the person's brainwaves switched from beta brainwaves associated with active logical thought to primary alpha waves. When the subject stopped watching television and began reading a magazine, the brainwaves reverted to beta waves again. One thing this indicates is that most parts of the brain, parts responsible for logical thought, logical thought 
tune out during television viewing. The impact of television viewing on one person's brain state is obviously not enough to conclude that the same consequences apply to everyone. Actually, it's most, though. However, research involving many people completed in the years following Krugman's experiment have repeatedly shown that watching television produces brain waves in the low alpha range. Makes you incredibly suggestible through the propaganda that's getting pumped into your mind. Especially remember when they play, you know, mainstream news was at 6 p.m. Then they changed another one to 9, then 10, then 11, some even at 12 now. And people will stay up later and later. That was done because you're tireder at the time, you're more suggestible than ever, and you go into this alpha state. You're downloaded, downloaded with programming, and you haven't reasoned through any of it, but you've adopted all of its opinions. That's just the simple fact. Now, I'll go to the, the callers now, and there's Tim in Indiana. Are you there, Tim? Hello? Hello, Tim. Yes. Hey, how you doing, Alan? I'm just about hanging in here. <laughs> just about. I'll see you. I'll see you there. I mean, I was listening to uh, one of your earlier shows, like today, and um, man, my, draw, my jaw hit the ground because <laughs> I just had like a eureka moment kind of. But anyway, during that show, you had a, uh, a guest was asking about like a, like NASA did something, like maybe like line some, some missile up and whatever. It might have hit like Saturn or something like that. Or, or maybe even towards Jupiter. And yeah, uh, hold on, and we'll go into that after this break. Yeah. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, talking to Tim from Indiana. Uh, so you were saying there, Tim. Yeah, okay, so, like, I was listening to the show talking about, you know, them possibly launching a missile or something that contained, like, 20, I don't know, 20 nuclear power, or the power equivalent to 20 nuclear whatever power plants. And um, so I was just listening to it, and I had my iPod on, so I went to shuffle. So the next song, I mean, I have your show on my iPod. Anyway, the next song was, like, a, a song by Bjork, and uh, my buddy's got me listening to that because, you know, she tells a lot of stuff, too. But this song um, was called One Day, and it was, like, on our first album. And, like, the lyrics, I got them, like, right here, which like, out of this world. But it said, uh, one of the lyrics are, like, one day it will happen. One day it will all come through. One day when you're ready. One day when you're up to it. And then this, this is our first verse, and it said, The atmosphere will get lighter. The two suns ready to shine just for you. I can feel it. I'm like, dang, what the heck? I mean, just right after, you know, I just listened to that. But then I, then the eureka moment happened when I started thinking about, you know, 2010 in the movie when they that's right. They showed the another sun. sun in the sky, yeah. But then I even even more so like when you're talking about they tell you the truth kind of in the movies, like the movie Star Wars. If you if you ever watched that one, like the first, well, back in the 70s and when it came out, when Luke was on Tatooine. He's looking out, and you see, looking at two sons right there. I'm like, damn. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he, and he was so, Luke, Lucius Skywalker, the one who walked the sky. That's from ancient Egypt, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, like, like I mean, you think, man, there's no way. But he, who knows? I mean, you know, it's just mm -hmm. something. But I just, I don't know if it, it really is like that, but if you really think about it, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't put it past anybody or anything. That, you well, well, you've been programmed your whole life for stuff ahead, and, 
some of it's overt, uh, stuff, other stuff is subliminal, and mm-hmm. lots of it comes through entertainment, because really that's how most people grow up, having their minds altered, is through uh, the, the imaginative qualities that are presented to them. Uh, but they never really understand the occult side of it, but they, they really enjoy the movies, they're fascinated by them. But in those movies, of course, they show you the whole future that they're kind of bringing in. And uh, the warrior class, who, again, uh, are hereditary. They're hereditary through eugenics, etc., special breed, etc., uh, who rule all, all over the rest of the people. Yeah. Uh, I know of another little, 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 little uh, TV show, like Heroes. I don't know if you watch that at all. No. It's kind of funny, too, because I don't know who's writing that show, but I guess they either listen to your show or they really know the agenda. But they talk about, I mean, they... You know, the second season was all about them creating a virus, and you know, yeah. and then this third this third season was about like the heroes were getting rounded up, and and they showed these guards coming to their house and picking them up, and you know, all this stuff. But it was funny because one of the one of the characters, one of the characters' father, he just lived out in the middle of nowhere, and I gar- I swear to you, he looked just like you, man. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What the heck, man? Either, either you know, they're running out of whatever." But it was just funny. I was just like, "Man, it's just crazy." So, yeah, yeah, they they'll tell you if you, if you if your mind's not working, you'll just soak it all in and be like, "Hey, you know, when it happens, okay, it's supposed That's to happen." That's right. So. To most people, it'll be quite normal. Whatever it is, it'll be quite normal because they've all had their programming. In fact, they won't think much of it. They never do on these big things. I saw a recent a magazine from the military. And someone sent me a picture, and it's with the latest uh, armor for the soldiers, and they're white, and they're exactly the same as the ones that wore in Star Wars. <laughs> See, I know. It's crazy. All right, yeah. thanks a lot, man, and thanks for everything you're doing, and uh, everybody wake up and donate. All right. That's a good idea. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> plugging it. Someone should, yeah. I keep forgetting. Okay. But thanks for calling. All right, buddy. Well, from a very wet Ontario, Canada, it's a re- repetition of last year, spray in the morning, rain all day and all night. It's good night from Hamish and myself, and may your God or your gods go with you.